Insights to Live By, the podcast, where we discover new pearls of wisdom to put into action and enrich the daily lives of others. Greetings and welcome to Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinman, and today I'd like to start the show just a little differently by posing a question that I think you'll find worthwhile to consider. And that is whether and who you may have received advice that has changed your life for the better. And could there be others for whom you could be that difference maker? And if so, is there anything holding you back from doing just that? Well, it's definitely something we're going to talk more about with our guest who is an international, highly sought-after keynote speaker, as well as the author of multiple books covering sales, marketing, and influence. With more than a million copies sold, he is a go-giver because he's the co-author of The Go-Giver. Bob Berg, welcome to the show. Ah, Thank you, Matt. So great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, I, uh, you know, I've certainly been a fan of you for some time. People may not be seeing the uh, the screen. I'm holding up your book. It's been on my nightstand for some years now. Uh, wow. Uh, um, the uh, the you know the powerful uh, parable in it and a, a terrific reminder. Um, now, certainly, when people hear "go giver," they they might think you know in relation to a go getter. Uh, and um, those who may be less familiar with it. How would you define, better for you to talk about this, um, what that is? Yeah, well, we would say, and you know, the, Go, the Go-Giver series, including, of course, the first one, um, well, three of the four books in the series, the first one, The Go-Giver, which you were kind enough to hold up. Um, it's a parable, a business parable, co-authored with uh, John David Mann, who's just a, a fantastic, talented writer. I'm more of a how-to, step-by-step, you know, boring guy. So it's John who made the story really sing. But our, our basic premise is simply that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving, we, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. That doing so is not only a, a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some woo-woo way out there, magical, mystical reasons. It's actually quite practical and rational when you think about it. When you're that person who can move your focus off of yourself and place it onto helping others, making their lives better, easier, more fulfilling, helping solve their challenges, bringing them closer to happiness, what have you, People feel good about you. Uh, they want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be a part of your your life. They want to be in a relationship with you, to do business with you, to refer you to others. And so, um, you know, so so that's really what we mean. Now, you brought up a great point when you when you said go getter because it seems as though go-getter would be the exact opposite of a go-giver. And of course, it always depends how we define a term. But we see a go-getter as a positive thing and complementary to a go-giver. Because if you define a go-getter by someone who takes action, well, it's so important. It's so important to, you know, to success. 
So if we, if we combine being a go-getter, a person of action with a go-giver, a person absolutely laser focused on bringing value to others, that's a powerful combination. What we don't want people to be are go takers <laughs> because right. those are the people right who feel kind of entitled if you will to take 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 without having added value to the process to the person to the situation they and they tend to be very frustrated because rarely are they as successful as they they feel they should be and even those times when they are it's typically not as sustainable because really when you think about it as a go taker focused on yourself, uh, you know, nobody is uh, really for you. No one is, no one is. So you can, you can have a sale, but rarely a loyal customer, rarely a referral source. You can have employees, but rarely a team of really faithful, you know, people. So um, yeah. So, so that's really, really what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm glad you answered that question because uh, you did it better than I would have, to say the least. Uh, you know, what I like about it is uh, it, it's a universal concept. We're not just talking about uh, sales-driven uh, and entrepreneurship. You also talk about intrapreneurs, those who are within companies and how they can apply these same principles. Uh, can you expound on that? Yeah, well, you know, we think of the, the entrepreneurs, of course, having their own company, risking uh, uh, money, theirs, others, uh, uh, putting in the, you know, the time and effort doing those things you need to do. And, and an entrepreneur and basically a, any salesperson, uh, their whole goal is to provide value, immense value to an end user because, hey, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money and they're not going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you only because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the only reason anyone should buy from you or from me or from anyone else. Right. Of course. And so, um, and, and so, you know, that's fine. And we associate that with the entrepreneur, but even someone who works as an employee within another company or organization, they may not be an entrepreneur, but they're still an intrapreneur. They're an entrepreneur within another organization, which means they still have to understand something. The person who hires them and pays them a salary week after week after week, they're not doing so uh, because you have a mortgage payment, right? Sure. They're, they're going to do so. They're going to pay you and keep you on because they feel that you're adding sufficient value to their organizations, organization to warrant that. Now, the entrepreneur's end customer may or not be the end user, right? Or at least not directly, but the entrepreneur still has customers. It might be their supervisor right. or their employer. It might be those they lead in on their teams. It might be their, their coworkers in the next cubicle, if that's the case. It may even be that person, that generally unhelpful person in, a, in the other silo who rarely gives any helpful information, but because of your wonderful people skills and the value you've provided them and the kind of relationship you've established, you're able to get that kind of information that's so helpful to everyone. So you're, you still need to find a way to, to be of and communicate that exceptional value you provide. That's great. You know, and having that service mentality, you know, you have those internal, uh, you know, finance and, 
marketing and HR. We, we want people in HR to, you know, with the H is human. Uh, that, that's part of the equation. Very so, that sounds like a Zism. You know, it just could be. We'll add that to the, uh, to the equation. You know, I, I love the idea also with the book and its success, you know, having gone through the publishing journey myself and knowing what the odds are for a book to break through like this, to be such a powerful idea and really a global phenomenon. You're in upwards of a million copies sold at this point. And, you know, when you go back to the beginning around 2007, 2008 with John, you have uh, the, you know, the great recession happening uh, at that point, you know, with the uh, you know, subprime mortgage crisis and everything. What, what sparked the idea? What, you know, did it have anything to do with that and uh, the greed that was going on? Um, well, so that's a, a great question. Um, the, the, the germ of the idea was from a book that I had out years ago, my first kind of big book. And, and that was just, it was a how-to book called Endless Referrals, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. And it was about how entrepreneurs and salespeople could develop the kinds of, you know, who, had, who they knew they had a great product or service. They felt great about it. They understood the value it provided, but they didn't necessarily feel comfortable with the process of going out and developing new business and the relationships that caused that new business to happen. So the, the book was really all about how to develop those know, like, and trust relationships that would create new business and referrals. So I'd always thought, you know, through the years, because I'd always read parables. I mean, I read all sorts of books, but I, I've always particularly enjoyed parables because I think, you know, as you know, stories connect on a heart to heart level, you know, more than a simple uh, how-to book. Because there's just something very special about it. And I had receive so much value from the, 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 the numerous parables I'd read. I thought, wouldn't it be a great idea to take the basic premise of endless referrals, which is all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust, and put that into a parable. So coming up with the title was the easy part. It was simply asking, so what is the, the essence of a person who's able to quickly and sustainably develop those kinds of relationships and they're always they're givers they're always looking for ways to give value to others but of course the best thing i did for that book was was asking john and when i say asking john i mean pleading with john to be the lead writer and storyteller and and so now once we did that it didn't take long for the process to happen for the book to get written but it took us 25 or 26 or 27 rejections by different publishers over the course of a year till finally through our wonderful agent, uh, the McBride Literary Agency, we found a wonderful publishing house, which was Portfolio Publishing, a division of Random House, um, Penguin Random House, who's just been, they've been such a wonderful publishing partner, just uh, amazing. Uh, and so that, you know, is, is sort of how that happened. Um, but I think, so it wasn't so much about the, the recession, that was just the timing. Sure. Um, I think the reason the book yeah, has done well is because people wanted to know that despite all the negative messages that are heard from the world around us, and this could be whether it's you know, a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, where the, the messages we receive about business are horrific. Uh, you know, you think every business person who does well did it on the backs of others or took advantage of people or did they, you know, it's a big world. There's people who do bad things, but for the most part, it's just not the case, especially the more free market you live in, 
um, the more, you know, again, no one's forced to buy from you. So the only way you could do well is by bringing immense value to others. Otherwise, why would anyone buy from you? So people, I think, as human beings, we are programmed to want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Most salespeople and entrepreneurs and people who work for others believe in what they're doing. They want to feel good about it. They want to be part of something that makes a difference in the lives of others. And I think this book gave them permission. But here's the funny part, Matt. The original early adopters of the book were not the people who needed it. It was the people who were already very, very successful who had been doing this long before they'd ever heard. You know, of course, the, you know, the principles aren't anything new. Principles are principles. They've been right. around since forever. Sure. But it's these people who, you know, who wrote to us and said, this is how I built my business. You know, this is how, right? And they've been trying to tell other people that, but people wouldn't believe them. And so they started giving these books out to people. And we had companies buying hundreds of them and buying that. We had a couple of companies buy 15,000 books to disperse throughout their organizations. Now, and of course, we love that. But here's the thing. It was the second wave that were the people who wrote us and said, you know, so-and-so, my mentor or my boss or my, you know, what have you, told me, oh, you've got to read this book. And that's really how it started. So I think it was the fact that aside from John's wonderful storytelling, um, it was that we had so many people out there who said, yeah, this is the way it's done. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you have your, your advocates and, and, and your champions and that's advocates, the other thing. Champions. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I think of it and then not only in doing well, but also breaking through into the vernacular and, and, and the thing that comes to mind would be Malcolm Gladwell and the tipping point. Yeah. And now yeah. everyone says the tipping point. Now people right. say, you know, be a go-giver. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. what was the, what was the tipping point uh, for, you know, you, <laughs> right. For a go-giver, right. You, you kind of described it, but just, you know, was it those, the conferences and just, all those giveaways, just the book getting out there. I, I heard what you just said about the proven, you know, advocates, you know, going mm-hmm. in and talking about it, but for it to really cross over into really getting into that kind of sales draw, not just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 15,000 or so at a conference, which is nothing to you know, shake anything at, but right. what do you, th- what do you think? Yeah. And I mean, we didn't give the books away. We had so many others that, that gave the books away. And that was, that was what said to us, this something that, you know, the authors can do that all day long. If nobody wants it though, they're not, you know, it's not going to happen, but it's when others are giving the books as gifts to others, parents giving it to their children, right. To their graduates, uh, being used at you know at, at religious uh, organizations, being used in schools, being used uh, well you know law firms and uh, you know that's what really started happening. We started hearing from all these different places that we really weren't you know even even thinking about that that happening. So once we realized that while it began as a business book, it actually ended up becoming a life book in a sense. Sure, I, I think that was the, the the tipping point. You know that's when we kind of knew there was something there that that was going to be sustainable. How long after publication did that happen? It was, it was actually pretty quick, which, by the way, doesn't usually happen with me. I'm not one of these quick success type of people. I'm usually that person who has to stay with it for a, you know, a long time. And hey, I've, I still do interviews you know, sure. on, on the book years later. So it's not that I've stopped. I keep it. But typically, those kinds of successes with me aren't the real quick ones like this was. This was pretty quick. This, this kind right. of took off just about as soon as it came out. And, uh, and didn't stop. So I, I, you know, can't tell you how grateful I am for that. It was a good experience for me to have. 
I just find it fascinating. And, you know, there was something else in, uh, in reading up on you um, that there was a, there's a story about a drive-by mentor who, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, had, a, you know, a major effect on you. And, and I, I think the nice thing about that, and I certainly have a great affinity for it. Uh, you know, you may know, you know, I have a nonprofit, internships, mentorships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm very much in the thick of that. So I really was drawn to, you know, it only takes that one moment. It only yeah. takes that one person to really change your yeah. trajectory. And when you say a drive-by mentor, obviously, you know, it's not, you know, that happens quickly. What was that story? Well, so the, the term drive-by mentor came up in a conversation with one of my current mentors. Her, her name is Dondi Scumachi, and she's a, a wonderful practitioner, speaker, leader, uh, you know, on leadership, team building, and so forth. She's, she's fantastic. And uh, she, she's like you, you know, you have your Z-isms, and she has what I call Dondi-isms. You know, it's just brilliant things she says. And I'm pretty sure it was her who actually came up with the term. And I probably said, yes, that's great. Uh, because that's her thought process, you know, and, and, uh, and it, a, a drive-by mentor is someone who you may not, you know, you may know a little bit uh, in passing, or you may never have met them before, but they just happen to appear in your life and say the exact right thing at the time that not only do you need to hear it, but you're open to it, right? When those worlds all come together, that's what, what happens. And I had been in sales for a couple of years, Matt, and had, had done well. But I started with another company selling a high-end, uh, high-ticket item, and I was really struggling. I was in a slump, and it was difficult to get out of that slump. And as you know, wow, when you're in a slump, you start focusing inwardly, and you, you put more pressure on yourself and so forth. And I remember coming back to the office one day after a, uh, a non-sale, right? And which was really too bad because that person would have benefited greatly from the product. So not only did he not get to benefit, obviously I didn't have a commission. My company didn't, didn't profit by it. So instead of being win-win, it was lose-lose. And I must've had a disgusted look on my face and I'm sure it was self-disgust. And this gentleman, an older gentleman, um, and I say much older, and this is about 40 years ago, which means probably my age now. All right. <laughs> right? All right. Fair the old guy, right? <laughs> and so I think you're doing okay. I, I think he saw me. And he, by the way, he was not in the sales department. I think he was in the engineering department or, or something else. And I, I, you know, I'd every so often see him around the office. And he was a nice guy, but never really in conversation. I don't remember even seeing him after that. Um, but I think he saw me as sort of like Joe. The, you know, the main character, sure, right. the main protege in The Go-Giver, which would be written 30 years later. And, uh, and he saw, you know, I was that young, ambitious, aggressive, gung-ho, but really struggling and, and you know, focused in the wrong dire- direction, facing the wrong way. And he said to me, uh, and, and by the way, he was one of these guys, though, who had a reputation that when he did say something, it was typically pretty profound. So when he said Berg, he was, a, he was a last name kind of guy. When he said, Berg, can I give you some advice? I immediately said, absolutely, please do. Got it. And he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. 
it ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others. Wow. Yeah, so you lived it. You, well, that's when it hit me. Right. That, that great right. salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Right. Uh, great salesmanship is never about the product or service, as important as those are. Great salesmanship is about the other person. It's about that person whose life you're trying to touch. It's about that person whose life is better simply as a result of having you part of it. Wonderful. And that really, and that's the go-giver. You know, that's the story. Now, uh, you know, as we, and I imagine to a degree what we've already talked about, you know, all these life lessons, right? That, those insights to live by, um, you know, that's really where we're going we're gonna to head, you know, your, your, your three insights to live by. But before we do, um, Bob, I'm going to show you on the screen, uh, just, just to get a little bit more about you, are some, uh, just some general questions to learn. Uh, you know, we'll do this rapid fire oh, this so, we, is great. so we can get to, uh, you know, the... Uh, Look at this. All right. So it's landed on how would you uh, define a true friend? Now, this is not an easily rapid fire question, but right. um, how, how would you take that on? I mean, I would say a true friend is someone who has your best interest at heart and right. is there for you through thick and thin. You know, it, it has, it's not situational. I mean, they're a go-giver, basically. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was an easier answer than I expected in my Well, opinion. me too, because I first saw it and I thought, hmm. Oh, right, exactly. Uh, I love it. All right, next up. Now, I know this is perfect on the wheel for you because you are, a, it says favorite animal, and oh, I yeah. understand you to be an unapologetic animal fanatic. Yes, so, right. yes, indeed. All right, so your favorite animal. So first, as a disclaimer, I love all animals. Of course. Okay, of course. so unapologetically, no, right? If there's one I relate to more than others, it's dogs. Of course. Okay. I mean, I grew up with them, uh, and you know the loyalty and the just love and the uh, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, sure. to me they're amazing creatures. But I love love all animals absolutely now of course you have dogs multiple dogs one dog what, what, breed, um, what breed i, do you I don't have any now and oh, okay. i i yeah uh, all right fair enough I, I i yeah i just actually lost my cat so i'm still great at the you know so i'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm, I'm grieving right now believe me i'm with I don't you mean to be i'm sorry to share no that. no when the time comes you know it's just kind of it definitely is the cycle i mean i've had dogs growing up but you know three cats, uh, yeah. you know, now that we're, we're home, you know, you never know roaming yeah, around. Well, they're not exactly. in here now, but um, let's go on to the next one and okay. then we'll get into insights to live by. Okay. Ah, this has been on the wheel for some time. I've been, I've been waiting for it to land. Once a guest is asked a question, no other guest ever answers the same question. Bob, what was your teenage job? Uh, it was it was actually to most most people think that I was entrepreneurial and had a paper route and so forth, but I actually didn't. My jobs when I was a teenager were usually working at uh, there was a store when I was growing up called Woolworths, which I don't think is even around anymore. But you five know, and sweeping, dime, huh? The yeah, five, five and dime, yeah, exactly. Yeah. and uh, you know, just sweeping the floor and doing the you know the maintenance work and doing those sorts of things. Uh, th those were typically my jobs. They were by the hour. Got ones. it. 
I remember Woolworths. I remember going up to the counter, you know, at yeah. the outside of the store where the stools yeah. were. And, you know, yeah, those were great. I, I, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I totally can picture, totally picture it. So um, now we typically do three insights to live by. They're kind okay. of what you might think of as, as, as an ism of, okay. of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have one in particular, just your overarching life lesson, let's save that for, for the third. Okay. What would be your first insight to live by? I would say the first one is to, to understand and make a study of human nature. Because when you really think about it, everything we do, every advancement that we ever have, every relationship we ever have, again, everything is dealing with other humans. And so understanding the nature of humans, right? Uh, the general attributes and feelings and actions and ways and means and so forth. Very, very important to, to be able to, to have a, a deep understanding of. It's, uh, I mean, not heard by uh, anyone else and, and, and poignant, right? I mean, we're talking about being other focused. You need to mm-hmm. understand who they are uh, oh, and, 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 yes, and their yes, needs. Yes. Um, thank you. What is your second Okay, so now I would say understand and make a study of yourself and your nature and your strengths and your weaknesses and be able to know which strengths are, excuse me, which weaknesses that you can ignore because they really don't have anything to do with anything and they're not going to come back to harm you or anyone else. The strengths you need to mitigate, right? that you need to keep a watch on. And then there are the, I didn't mean the strengths. I meant the weaknesses you need to mitigate. Yeah, and sure. then the, then the weaknesses that you need to turn into strengths because otherwise you will never be as effective as you can potentially be. So those, those are the weaknesses and then make a study of your strengths, understand those strengths, those, those attributes that you have, right. That allow you, to bring value both to yourself and of course to, to others. So we understand, we want to understand human nature in terms of others, but we also want to understand our own nature. And you know, also well said with that is, you know, when you're looking at being a go-giver uh, in, in my reading the book and, you know, you want to certainly align the fulfillment of that with your why, with your purpose and sure. being in the right place. And so that know, know thyself, uh, advice yes. uh, certainly applies to a prerequisite to mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. put yourself in the position to be that much better of a go-giver. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, wearing, I'm reading a book right now. I'm almost through that. It. It's called uh, Black Sheep by uh, Brent Men's, uh, Menswar. Uh, the subtitle is Unleash the Extraordinary, Awe-Inspiring, Undiscovered You. And he talks about doing just what you said, being able to really dig deep Really understand your core values, not the ones you think you should have, but the right. ones you have and how that relates to those. So, yeah, you're, you're really right on the mark. It's, uh, it's interesting, you know, the point in raising uh, there is that you really do have to go inward because it's easy to lose your own identity in the people who surround you and oh. not be able to separate, yeah. uh, you know, in order to really get at the heart of it. So, um, what is now your a third is this is this on the same level or is this you know if if you only were asked one this is it yeah 
No, that I get you, and and uh, yeah, this is. I think this is the kind of all-encompassing one in terms of of how we relate to others, and that is to really understand the importance of developing your people skills. I really, really believe that people skills are the differentiator between the relatively successful person and the stratospherically successful person because talent, it's important, right? Ability, know-how, they're all very, very important. But you know, Matt, at this point, it just, that gets you into the game. Right. But you can get to a certain level of success through technical abilities and skills and talents. But to get to that next level, that's where the people skills come in. And I think what's really important to know is that, you know, the single greatest people skill of all is a highly developed and authentic interest in the other person. When you have that, when you have that, you communicate something very special. Well, very poignant. I'm, I'm just taking pause and taking in you know, what you're saying. And, and one of the things that kind of my, and I know that that, what you just described also aligns very much with your five laws of stratospheric success um, <laughs> about authenticity. And, uh, you know, if only we could cover it all here, Bob, I mean, I certainly <laughs> encourage, but we're, we're leaving the teaser, right, for, for people to go and learn more about that. And the one comment I have also on that point is, you know, how many years now have employers talked about interpersonal skills being the number one, oh, yeah. uh, not only need, but deficiency. And, you know, that may be, uh, you know, that may be related to the technology of, uh, of people, you know, hiding behind, uh, being, hiding behind it. And, and also it is a skill. So you know, it's not something you can just read up on and it really takes that practice. So mm -hmm. thank you for bringing that up. Um, well, Bob, you know, we'll certainly have this in the show notes. Uh, but where can people find you? Is there any particular endeavor that you want to share that uh, you'd like people to look into more, uh, you know, such as around your mentorship uh, initiatives? Uh, probably the best place to go is just Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. There are a whole bunch of resources there, including where people can read a, a chapter of as many of the books uh, as they'd like to, in order to decide if they like where it's headed, then they can always uh, purchase uh, online through Amazon or wherever they'd like. We also have a new... Uh, fairly recently released um, online video course called Endless Referrals, The Go-Giver Way, and where I really share the system and let it all hang out. So that you can find that on the, on the site as well. I, I mean, it's just fantastic that you, you know, continue to put out this material and it does, you know, it's timeless. It builds on one another. People need this uh, and, to, and to, you know, buy into it and, and, and follow it. And, you know, thank you so much for everything you've done that you do and all the lives that you've impacted, not only by helping people become go-givers, but the, you know, the exponential of them being go-givers and you know, how they are helping other people. Uh, Bob Burke, thank you so much for being my guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Matthew Zinman and join our community at InsightsToLiveBy.com. Wishing you and yours an enriching day, and we'll see you next time.